Welcome to the Welsh Yogi Podcast. Okay, welcome to the Welsh Yogi Podcast for listeners new and old. You got myself, Gopal Roy, who comes from the beautiful plains of Swansea, and we have Ben here. Yes. I was, I'm from um, the beautiful mountainous region of Patalba. Yeah. So we're going to go through Sri Ishopanishad, one of the wisdom literatures of India, and delve in. We're halfway through the purport. For the invocation. Oh, yeah, we'll do the invocation first to prepare our hearts to hear these spiritual sound vibrations. Om Nimo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Nimo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Nimo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Okie dokie. Beautiful. So let's, let's just... Yeah, just go. Just, not... Let's just tune in to the spiritual world. Let's get on to that. Okay, is everyone ready to tune in? The extra dimensional frequencies of the spiritual world. Right, here we go. This is the purple. For Mantra 1 of Ishopanishad, all facilities are given to the small, complete units, namely the living beings, to enable them to realize the complete whole. All forms of incompleteness are experienced due to incomplete knowledge of the complete whole. Have you ever felt incomplete? Yeah, I regularly, regularly yeah. feel incomplete. It's when I'm, uh, I guess when I'm not, not tuned into the the complete in mm. that sense, you know what I mean? For me, when I, I used to feel incomplete, it was always, it was always impetus to really sort of go deep into. I don't know. I used to I, my deeper sort of thoughts and reflective times were when I would realise my incompleteness, mm. and uh, you know, for me personally, ever since you know, since really going deep into trying to practice spiritual life is the only, before that, I never really felt completed, I think, you know. Yeah, it is like this, it's like shadow of complete, like you're... Yeah, you're not, and then you just, you don't feel complete, so then you take some intoxication and you forget about it. Trying to fill that little, the empty space with something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. The human form of life is a complete manifestation of the consciousness of the living being and is obtained after evolving through 8,400,000 species of life in the cycle of birth and death. If in this human life of full consciousness, the living entity does not realize his completeness in relation to the complete whole, he loses the chance to realize his completeness and is again put into the evolutionary cycle by the laws of material nature. It's kind of a completely new concept. This Reincarnation and being a... And being evolving through the species, but not in like a biological sense, but in like a consciousness sense, right? Yeah. So that you start off as like a little, the most basic kind of living entity. And yeah, and as you travel through different species, that the consciousness is, uh, you get one different body to another, each body affording different facilities. Mm. You ask me, what would you like to, if you could be born again, what would you like to be, you know? I'd like to be a bird so I can fly in the sky and, you know, or I'd like to be a dog and be just pampered and looked after. That's a dog in the West. A dog in India is just, a dog's a dog, like, you know, out on the street. And 
if you speak, I think it's different now, you know, but a few years ago, and if you tell, it probably is still the same, you know, if you explain to someone, at least in some places in India, how people in, like, the UK or America treat their dogs, mm. they are in shock. You know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they have their own mansions and they sleep in the bed with the humans and they have their own, like, you know... <laughs> It's kind of mad. It's like people put, like we were talking about. Was it last week? We were talking about we have this like natural loving propensity. Yeah. And you know we're we're trying to channel it into something. Like we we have the natural propensity to serve, isn't it? Like that's the, the dark. yeah. You want to serve someone. You want to give you love and service or something. Yeah, yeah. And like I guess in the West, a lot of people would channel it into into a dog because they for want of something else. You know, like yeah, dogs are nicer. I, dogs are better than cats. I think a lot of cases dogs are better than humans as well, right? Yeah, because you can you can kind of rely. They're more reliable. They're not going to like talk about you behind your back. Yeah, and it's and it's and like I mean, that's the thing. I mean, ask for Charlie. Are you a dog person or a cat person? Oh, I don't you seem like a cat person. He seems like a cat person. You do, yeah. Yeah, because we have a cat that comes into the the CBA <laughs> where I live, you know. But you get the you get the thing. A cat just wants. It's all about the cat, you know. Just wants to be pampered and stroked, and then it'll just like yeah, swan off, yeah, and go somewhere else where you know it's like the little queen sort of thing. But anyway, it's that I think I was really I was realizing that people like animals. I think at least why I like dogs is because there's this um, just you know a dog will come up and you know just is happy to see you, and it's this there's there's no it's just raw emotion mm. you know what I mean like a, a person you don't know whether okay is there something behind there is there some agenda you know what I mean but like with an animal it's like oh, there's it's like no duplicity there's yeah no, like, just raw emotion if a dog's happy to see you it's happy to see you you know this it is it's gonna kill you like yeah <laughs> it's this so you get this real just reciprocation that people really want you know mm. out, of a, out of another living being and I think the way that we've been sort of brought up as people is like you know in order to live in society i I, mean, I read um darren brown's book once and he was saying actually he said most people you are a different personality compared to in um with each person oh, and yeah. each group of friends it's definitely true right yeah and he said that's normal actually so most people are like that and i was when i read it i was like yeah you know you have a different persona compare comparing to who you are with so like even though, even if it might be very different, he was saying most people are like that. But like a dog, for example, won't necessarily have that as sort of. We're I mean, not not like they're conscious about it, but I guess it's the survival mechanism we've come up to is to just learn to not be ourselves. It's kind of different personas that we have, though. They like they come into play automatically, don't they? That we're not like yeah, you're not okay, conscious of it. I'm gonna be like this around these people. Sometimes it it, it used to like it annoys me that. Like, it's, like, out of my control who I am, hmm. in a sense. You know, like, oh, I'm around this group of people, so I'm in my shell and I can't I can't speak. Oh, I'm around these people, now I'm, fr- like, yeah. I'm, ah, like, big. It's crazy, isn't it? It's, like, I, I have no control who, over who I am. It's, like, the environment dictates who I am. Yeah, and they're like that as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're kind of a persona to people who are also creating a persona, according to us, and then you're just in this world of, what the Sanskrit calls a hunkara or false egos. Yeah, yeah. Of like people where just everyone's cutting a profile. But then where's the real relationship then, you know? 
You know what I mean? It's like if you're playing an actor, mm. you know what I mean? Like, you know, if someone's a, if someone's a, a voice for some character in some Disney cartoon and like Aladdin and Aladdin's getting some, you know, affection from Princess Jasmine or something, the, the person who's just doing the voice doesn't get that reciprocation. So if we're, yeah. if we're like dance, if we're trying to be like puppets, but we're all just interacting with the, Sort of, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Who gets the love? Who gets the nourishment? What's what's going on here? I think that was that was the most refreshing thing as well about when I started hanging out with like the monks, basically. Like I, because I, I went from that world and then I'd come to like these meditations on Friday and I'd sit next to a different monk each week, and I could see that see that they were really like they were themselves. You know, they weren't there was no they weren't really cutting a profile necessarily. You know, hmm. like you said, and then that sort of made me be myself in a way. You know what I mean? And now, mm. now that like, I live with just monks, because we, 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 you know, I guess there's, there's no like, we kind of are who we are in a sense, and mm. there's no, there's no like, there's no judgment, and people like we're encouraged to be nice and not find the faults in other people, mm. and in that environment of not, not looking for what's wrong with people, mm. then you can properly flourish. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, whereas. A lot of times we have to cut a profile because we're scared that these people are finding faults. These people are looking for the, the points of weakness so that they can like step on that. Or they, you know, there's a lot of this yeah. sort of like vying for position, and I'm on a mission for position. Yeah. You know, like you come with all this stuff. When I was a kid, you know, I was really bad for like making stuff up. Mm. You know, like uh, have you guys played the new Duke Nukem computer game? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, completed it yesterday, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then ask questions like, I don't remember. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like we create this this version of ourselves and then try and project that into the world. Yeah. And when that happens, when we try and, when we actually do that, especially like in the ashram, if you try and do that, you get caught out more often than not, isn't it? Because people know who you are. It's kind of like you're trying to be like, oh, I'm a smart academic intellectual hmm. but then when you start talking what do they say a fool is a fool until he opens his mouth a fool is a he goes unrecognized isn't it until he opens his mouth yeah if your mouth shut then you're not a fool but as soon as you open it here i am yeah but you know as that said you know there's a lot of uh, that's what i like about at least because i've gone traveling a lot you know and what i really like about welsh people at least um especially is their tend to be general, even though I'm sure it's mm. there subtly, but what you see is what you get, you know, yeah, sure. simple sort of in the terms earth. of, yeah, simple hearted, you know, and you get, and they're just, you know, they are what they are, you know, and I really, um, for all my travels, you know, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that was like, because we had Paul on the podcast, not last episode, but the one before, and Paul's like your classic example, he's like, he's from up the valleys, he's very simple, he works in a factory, but... Like who he is is who he is, yeah. And like it's 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 so like refreshing to be around people like that. Open, simple-hearted. Yeah, yeah. Not simple tons, you know, like that we might think we might sometimes we might mistake simple as being Thick, not intelligent, like, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, but not that, not like that. You can be very intelligent, but rather it's and it's actually a um, re- prerequisite for or mm. something to develop in spiritual life is being simple-hearted. Yeah which means non-duplicious. You know, you just, what you see is what you get. And yeah. Yeah, but Paul's like a personification of that in a sense, isn't it? Like he's, because 
you know, he doesn't live in an ashram. He's a normal person with a normal job, but he's taken to the spiritual path mm. and he can absorb it because he's not got that duplicious, that sort of like trying to sort of, I don't know, project his version onto it. He, you got to be yourself. like, yeah. And you can get that even if I've seen it, you know, I'm probably my own self to some degree, even when you want to practice spiritual life, you can project being someone who's practicing spiritual life, you know. Yeah, you sure. can have some idea of what a advanced sort of transcendentalist yogi, how he would act, and then we start to pretend to be this person. But yeah. actually, it's not really, it's meant to be self-realization. Mm. So we're really understanding who we are as people. Mm. We're trying to be truly authentic rather than trying to artificially impose some other identity onto onto ourselves. Rather, we're trying to uncover what's naturally what's naturally there. Yeah, and I guess linking it back to what we just read about there, you know, we evolve mm. through these different species of life. Like we we're not a pigeon, we're not a, a rat, we're not a dog, we're not a whatever whatever different animal species that we us our soul might have passed through. Mm. We're none of those things. Those are like sort of false designations. Yeah. Okay. So so like the same as we we think we're this body, we think we're this human, we think we're this sort of I'm I'm Ben, I'm from Patalba, I'm like whatever, tall, dark, handsome, you know, these kinds of things. <laughs> Heart like a poet, Heart. body like a warrior a Viking warrior yeah yeah I'm none of those things though no you, you are know? none of those things yeah <laughs> <laughs> no you well, do I'm some of them things like yeah I, I'm also a bit of a warrior as well you know, see it myself but um, <laughs> but no it's true like th- these these kind of like these are all the same thing they're all temporary it's, it's self-realisation who's who's underneath all that mm. so let's peel we'll peel that back isn't it? that's where we go that's deep alright we'll carry on Charlie is there Drink. Because we do not know that there is complete arrangement in nature for our maintenance, interesting point, we make efforts to utilise the resources of nature to create so-called complete life of sense enjoyment. Whoa, what did you say then? I wasn't listening, I was spacing out a bit. Because we do not know that there is complete arrangement in nature for our maintenance, So, but we make efforts to utilise the resources of nature to create so-called complete life of sense enjoyment, which creates such imbalance in the world, you know. Yeah. You have every three seconds a child dies because they're out of starving to death. You know, you've got, you know, I think it's, 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 you've got one part of the population that's obese, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in the world who are obese, clinically mm. obese. And you've got the same number of people who are starving to death. So it's just a mismanagement of arrangement of resources, as Prabhupada is saying here in the purport. Material nature provides for everyone's sustenance. It's it's actually a matter of the mismanagement and the people, um, especially like us in the West, we're completely exploiting the the resources of the world. Hmm. I was thinking of a king. Imagine this. I've heard somewhere the, the king... A, a king of a country, you know, a um, hundred years ago, would not wouldn't have the same standard of enjoyment of life as your average person in the UK or America today. We mm. take it for granted, you know. Okay, you you can go on Amazon. I want this. Mm. Go on Amazon Prime. Mm. It's got to be here tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my Amazon Prime delivery didn't come to. Took two days. Oh, that's nonsense. You know? <laughs> that's rubbish. You can have whatever you want in the world. 
I want I want this to eat. I'll go Deliveroo, Uber Eats. I'll have um, a burger from Anna Luca, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can just get whatever you want. Yeah. Pretty much in the world, you know. We have is you know you had kings of countries who didn't have that kind of power to fulfill their desires. The problem is if you keep if you base a world on your material desires, it's like feeding a fire and it grows and grows and grows and grows. So you'll never reach full satisfaction as long as this culture and society is based on just fulfilling the demands of the body, the tongue and the, yeah. the genitals and the eyes and you know what I mean. It's more to life than that. So here's Prabhupada saying: so the world has, is equipped to deal with everyone's um, nourishment. But if we, but instead we exploit the resources of nature to create an artificial environment of sense, so-called uh, sense enjoyment. Okay, yeah. because a living entity cannot enjoy the life of the senses without being dovetailed with a complete whole, the misleading life of sense enjoyment is illusion. The hand of a body is a complete unit only as long as it is attached to the complete body. When the hand is severed from the body, it may appear like a hand, but it actually has none of the potencies of a hand. Similarly, living beings are part and parcel of the complete whole, and if they are severed from the complete whole, the illusory representation of completeness cannot fully satisfy them. I'm just going to read the last paragraph as well. Is that right? Do you want to reflect on that? I think we'll... Let me read the last paragraph first. Then, then. <laughs> the completeness of human life can be realised when one engages in the service of the complete whole. All service in this world, whether social, political communal, international, or even interplanetary, will remain incomplete until they are dovetailed with the complete whole. When everything is dovetailed with the complete whole, the attached parts and parcels also become complete in themselves. You wanted to say something, Ben? That was the end of mantra. That was the end of the invocation, and then next week we'll go into mantra one. Yeah. No, I just thought it was like, this whole idea of like, we're, we're actually all connected as part of this big system, right? Like this, this... This like you, this this material world is all interconnected, but when we're all trying to like p- portion off our own little bit of material enjoyment mm. for ourselves selfishly, then it's kind of like what's happening. You said there's one third of people are obese, one third of people are starving. Mm. It's like we're actually taking resources away from other people, you know. Yeah. So th- like this this philosophy is as much about like um, sort of living more holistically. Like, it, even if you take, like, because sometimes the whole, like, Krishna, God thing can be a bit off-putting to people, you know? But actually, if you look at it, like, just, ho- we want to live more holistically. Like, like the, the analogy they always give about the tree, you know, we're all, we're all like a leaf on part of a tree. And when we put ourselves first, it's like water in that individual leaf. Mm. We're never going to be satisfied. Just the water runs off and we're just like, ah, oh, I need more water, more water. And that comes in the form of like consumer goods or drugs or alcohol or mm. whatever it is, you know. Just come on, I need to be, I, it's, it's all these resources of nature for my enjoyment. But actually it's like, that never makes us tushti, never makes us satisfied. Mm. Actually we should, we, should be, we should be putting our energies into water in the root of the tree, you know. So put, instead of serving ourselves, serve the whole serve the the complete which is what this is talking about yeah i like what you said about holistic because that's the thing it's not like any feeling of incompleteness is due to oh i'm not a member of this particular faction or this particular religion it's saying any form of incompleteness 
is due to not being in connection with the complete whole of everything. Mm. You're not you're not disconnecting anything in this world. Actually, it's not like you're becoming a certain sectarian. Um, you know, taking a certain sectarian view of things, but rather you're in, you're embracing everything, and we're trying to uplift all living beings, not just a particular people from a particular species or place or country. Yeah. Um, that's that's what yeah that's this this concept of like spiritual communism. You've heard of that? Like yeah, it says it in the beginning of the Bhagavatam. Talks about how like you know material communism is like okay, every, everyone's equal on this kind of level, so we just split everything equally in that sense. But I guess spiritual communism is about seeing every living entity as like an equal particle of the complete, an equal spark. So like a a you know, a drop of water in the ocean of the complete. Mm. So it has the same qualities and everything, but it's in a different quantity. But our covering is different, which is why, I don't know, probably going a bit into the Varanashram kind of... <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit too, t- like, uh, complicated maybe, but... No, our, I mean, everyone's... Every, we've all got different a different bundle mm. of sort of material, life circumstances, different bodies, you know? Mm. But... Deep down, are all spiritually the same. At least that, that's what this Ishopanishad, these wisdom literatures of India, are trying to communicate to us. Mm. And yeah, you deal with different people differently according to our sort of material situation and according to the bodies. We have to we interact differently. Like you wouldn't go up and just hug and kiss a tiger, <laughs> you know. So simply because I the tiger's in a, <laughs> tiger, <laughs> tiger's in a different type type of body. So according, obviously, so we interact with each other differently. Um, but spiritually, we're all we're all equal. Yes, it's what what it says here. All all services in the world, whether social, political, communal, international, or even interplanetary, will remain incomplete unless they're do- dovetailed with the complete whole. Mm. I don't know. Why nice. Not? Okay. So we'll go. F- so we'll as we go on, we'll go through mantra one, mantra two, mantra three. We've now done the introduction and the invocation by Srila Prabhupada, and there's there is literally so much. Uh, richness, spiritual richness for us to to mine as we um, go through this book. So thank you everyone for listening. Those who are new, please carry on. Um, tell, tell your a, friends and we all go. I was going to say exactly the same thing at the same time. Wow. Tell a friend. We're in sync. Yeah. We're completely in sync. Yeah, maybe next maybe next, next podcast I'll tell you a bit more about the telepathy. Yeah, I thought you were going to get into it because it said at the end of there, the interplanetary. I oh, yeah, we go into the interplanetary um, world. The intergalactic council of elders. Listen up. But um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get <laughs> get more into that sort of stuff in the future. We could have talked a bit more about reincarnation, you know. But uh, well, how long how, how long is it going, Charlie? I wanted to finish early. We I like the idea of finishing it under thirty minutes. A quick one. Yeah, yeah I think right. so. But you know. Because there's that boy who remembered his life as an airplane pilot and stuff. The amount of evidence for reincarnation is very, uh, yeah. very convincing. But hey, we got a few <laughs> thousands of episodes of left, so we'll have to. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got to make it last. But I'd like to thank Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. Um, I'd like to thank Ben, who's got the body of a warrior, heart of a poet. Charlie's got the body of a poet and the heart of a warrior. So. And we'll see you all soon. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thanks, Gopal. Thank you, Ben.
Oh, <laughs> 